0: the power of their data. to Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. This is hit well in center field. That one's carrying out at center. It's out of here. Oh, Johnny with a pinch hit home run.
1: At the plate is Mike
0: Trout. The pitch on its way. It's blasted out to dead center field. Out of here. Ball gets away. He's going to break for the plate. Ball game is over. The Angels with a walk-off win here in the bottom of the ninth inning.
2: This is the Angels Recap Podcast, a review of the past week in Angels baseball. Here's your host, Trent Rush. Oh yeah, hello and welcome. My name is Trent Rush, fired up to be with you here recording this before the Angels begin this three-game series against the Detroit Tigers, and I tell you what, I just checked my phone and I saw some video of Mike Trout on the field stretching, that courtesy of Brett Bollinger of MLB.com. Trouty uh, was throwing with Justin Upton before Tuesday's game, so all signs uh, looking good for Mike Trout in his recovery, who is on this trip, and who knows when he might be able to see uh, Mike Trout back on the field, playing in a game, and back in Joe Madden's lineup. Can't wait uh, for that day. Can't wait any longer to see Mike Trout uh, back in here. Uh, just a, a really special time, and you know there are a couple things like in baseball, and and I think this is something that that needs to be celebrated beyond just the Angels. So Miguel Cabrera uh, comes into this series, 499 career home runs. Maybe he hits 500 against the Angels. He enters the series, 2,951 hits. In his career, Joey Votto just got to 2,000 hits uh, just the other day. How about that? Joey Votto, Mr. Contact. Mr. Contact that has been a great hitter in Major League Baseball for a long time is at 2,000 hits. And then you look at Miguel Cabrera on his way to becoming the sixth player in baseball history to 500 home runs and 3,000 hits. It just doesn't happen. Of course, Albert Pujols um, was in that club, and he reached all those milestones with the Angels, and it was so cool to see that. I think as an Angels fan base, maybe we become a little bit numb to seeing those kind of milestones because you saw Albert Pujols get all of them. But it it is so special to to reach milestones like that. I just wanted to make that point because there might not be a player that's actively playing in Major League Baseball right now outside of Miguel Cabrera and Albert Pujols, that are going to get to 3,000 hits. The, the modern player just walks too much. Like the odds for Mike Trout to get to 3,000 hits um, are really stacked against him. I mean, he, he's going to put up some great career numbers. I think losing the 2020 season or most of it due to COVID and losing a majority of this season due to an injury certainly aren't going to help in the career numbers uh, for Trout. But I think that at the same time, uh, he's going to be able to put up some monster career numbers, assuming everything continues on the trajectory that it has been. It's just something to celebrate when you see somebody get to a remarkable accomplishment like what Miguel Cabrera is on the verge of doing. So I just wanted to take a moment to say, hey, you know, I, I am a big fan. Of, I just respect baseball. I love great baseball happenings. Um, it's something that's cool to me. I know we always talk Angels baseball in this podcast. There is life outside Angels baseball, and and there's cool things happening in MLB, and it, it is fun to talk uh, about some of those things as well. Okay, as for what's going to be on this podcast today, man, we got a loaded show. We're going to spend some time with joey probinsky now joey came over from the st louis cardinals has been in baseball his whole life and is a new member of perry Manassi and staff and joey is very integral in what this front office is doing and i, I talked to joey about this but it was fun for me you know the way where our office is set up inside angel stadium i can see out my window and I, I would see Perry Manassian on the phone. I would see Gene Watson. I, I, there are a lot of people that I would see rolling around, Alex Tammen, uh, the guys like making moves and, and taking phone calls. And, like you know, And I said, hey, the Angels are, are desperately trying to get something done, it's because I was looking out the window and I could physically see it with my own eyes. The only thing I, I couldn't see, um, or the only part that was not great there, was I couldn't hear anything. I could see that there was something happening happening, uh, I just couldn't hear the other end of the phone call. So that was the bummer for me. I wish I could have had better news uh, for you and more to report. Uh, I just, uh, and, and what it would be like, can you imagine, can you imagine being a fly on the wall and hearing what goes on inside the war room when teams are making, you know, trying to put deals together and sending offers back and forth and who knows like what almost happened. Like in basketball, I know Bill Simmons talks a lot about like what almost happened. I often wonder the same thing. In Major League Baseball, because there are so many things uh, that you just kind of say, "What if?" and uh, how different would the course of baseball history be? Say if this happened, uh, and you know, or maybe things that didn't um, happen—that maybe you know—all of that could be just a pretty interesting part of the tale. So, uh, no general manager will ever let us bring cameras in there to show it off. Uh, I I would, I would even offer like a ten-year embargo, but I still feel like nobody would ever uh, let us in there to check out what was happening. But, man, how cool would that be? Anyway, that was a long way for me to say Joey Probinski is going to be on the show. We're going to be talking Angels baseball about this organization as a whole. There are so many talented young pitchers. We're seeing the tip of the iceberg right now at the major league level, but there is a lot of talent in the depths of the organization As well. And we're going to talk about some of that. We're going to talk about baseball philosophy with Joey Probinski as well as far as how the Angels want this organization to look moving forward and what this front office group is doing. Uh, to get to the Angels uh, to be a championship contender. That's what this goal is for this team. That's what this group is trying to accomplish. And it's pretty neat uh, seeing how some of that is already starting to fall into place at the minor league level. So we'll talk with Joey Probinski all about that. You know what else is really cool? So the Angels are on this insane trip. They haven't been on a trip like this. Was it 1990? was the last time they had a five-city trip. Um, Eleven days, ten games, five different cities. This coming Sunday, the Angels on Sunday Night Baseball are going to be in Williamsport, Pennsylvania as part of the Little League World Series game. That's where they're going to take on Cleveland. By the way, have you seen the uniforms for that? It's actually pretty cool. They're like they're Little League uniforms, but like, they're like a big league twist to them. Actually, it's very cool. Anyway, um, that's going to be a lot of fun on Sunday. I think it's going to be great for the players. I think it's going to be great for the coaches. I think it's going to be exceptional for the kids. They get a chance to meet their heroes. And, you know, we all kind of came into this. The only bummer is there, there's no international play, as I understand it. So the the players and the kids from Team Japan aren't going to get a chance to meet Shohei Otani, at least not yet. Um, so that part is, is just a total bummer. However, how special? They're going to get to meet Mike Trout, who is on this trip. And Shohei Ohtani, and that was you know a lot of questions. is Mike gonna be on this trip? Who knows when we see Mike Trout on the field, but he's with the team. He's gonna be in Williamsport, which is just so cool that that's all happening uh, with Shohei Ohtani uh, being there as well. And, and you go and you see you know before the you know as the players are being introduced, you know they get up the camera, they you know one guy one kid steps in, you know says my name is Billy Smith and you know my favorite player is Mike Trout. My favorite player is Shohei Ohtani. My favorite player is Mike Trout. Shohei Otani, Shohei Otani, Mike Trout. You go down the line, there's only two names everybody's saying. It's Shohei and Trouty. How cool is that to see? And they're both going to be there in Williamsport this coming Sunday. Um, Joe Madden has been a part of this before. He was there with the Cubs uh, when they took on the Pirates in, in part of the Little League World Series games. He grew up in Hazleton, Pennsylvania, which is uh, just down the road from Williamsport. It's a pretty cool story uh, that Joe talks about of uh, his childhood. But, but Joe was also Uh, talk with me the other day and just about how special it is to be a part of an event like this at the Little League World Series
3: it's exciting it's very exciting Um, you always I always like diversions and that's kind of like a cool little diversion Uh, you don't mind um, being um, having to do extra whatever packing or moving just for one day it's actually look forward to it. it's one of those I mean, like going to New York for one game, not as groovy as going to Williamsport for one game, you know. So you have to, you just, you just go with it. And like I said, when you, we've all probably played Little League ball. And uh, when you get back there, if you are not uh, revitalized in some way, if you're having any kind of cynical thoughts about what you're doing or why, you go back there and you, you go through the process of this Little League day. And if it doesn't recapture moments for you internally, nothing ever will. That means you're pretty much near death. So it's it's really it's really that it's that exciting to all of us. It's that well done. It's that well done. And and when you talk with the kids themselves, spectacular stuff. So it could, it, it's a wonderful idea. It's a great idea. Just I think as like this one's a great idea here in uh, in Iowa right now. I think these little vignettes, um, if you're really trying to popularize what we're doing and get more people uh, to watch, it's great, great con- conceptually, great ideas. So. I'm all for it. And for those that, if you have a chance to go to Williamsport, go. Go check it out. Uh, I was telling you guys, a group an hour away from it, but I never had attended there. I never even was in Williamsport, I don't think, until I went there for the first time uh, last two years ago or three years ago, whatever it was. It's right down Interstate 80, one hour away from my house. And uh, when you get there, you are, talk about, is it heaven? I think, you know, you could almost describe Williamsport the same way
2: pretty cool hearing that from joe and we talked about that the same day as the field of dreams game in iowa and what an overwhelming success that was they're going to do it again next year with the reds and the cubs i'm telling you we got to see at some point i want to see mike trout and Shoe otani walking through the corn i don't know how that's i don't know how we're going to do it i just want to see it happen the giants of the game celebrated on that stage is something that needs to happen so i hope we do get to see that uh, rather soon okay now it's time to check in with Joey Probinski, Angels farm director here now is our conversation joined now by joey Prabinski. he is the farm director for the angels among a million other things special advisor to perry Manasian as well it means so much uh to angels baseball he's new to the organization this year but a big part of the culture that is being built here as far as angels baseball is concerned joey it's great to have you on how are you oh i'm doing good thanks so much for having me We were just talking before we started this interview a moment ago, and one of the things we talk about is pitching, pitching, and pitching. And and Angels GM Perry Manassian was just talking about that uh, the other day into the media. And then how you get it, right? It's draft and develop. We see the draft. We see the Angels go twenty for twenty in drafting pitchers. Now, how do those guys get developed? And I guess that's kind of where you step into this. So, I would just kind of be curious to know um, what just the overall game plan is for for what you guys are thinking right now in terms of you know getting all of these young, talented pitchers ready to contribute at the major league level.
1: Right. So, no, that's a great question. So. After the draft, the end of July, we had a mini camp out in Tempe, Arizona, and you know from there, what we had is you know we brought every draft pick, non-drafted player that we signed, including all the pitchers, and you know really it was just an opportunity for us to introduce them to the organization, you know different people throughout the organization, not just from the pitching side, but you know from different, you know from the from the mental side, from the strength and conditioning side, from the athletic training group, you know so that was really our first touch point organizationally really just to start pouring into the players. And, you know, from there, we were able to get an idea of, you know, just with the draft being later this year, what everybody had been doing, like where they are with their throwing program, you know, if they were playing summer ball, like what they'd been doing, you know, for, for us, that was really the first step is just to really, you know, one, get to know them as people. And then two, certainly as players and, you know, get an idea of who they are and what they're about, you know, and then from there, you know, we certainly collaborate with, you know, our pitching coordinator group, our pitching coaches, and put together what their program is going to be, you know, as we plan to send them out to the affiliates. So, you know, over the last few weeks, we certainly had guys like in different, you know, points from, you know, what their throwing programs have been to, you know, really what their workload had been, you know, in their college or, you know, their high school season. So we had guys that were ramping back up in Arizona. And then, you know, over the last couple of weeks, we've been able to start sending guys out to the affiliates and get guys going this year.
2: Jerry, I tell you what, it was fun uh, approaching the MLB uh, trade deadline. That was just a couple of weeks ago. I was laughing because I felt like I saw you and Perry and Gene And everybody was just kind of in and out Running around And it was all happening like right outside the glass Where we do the radio show So I'm like, man, I can see you guys are talking I just would love to hear what's on the other end Of the phone and those conversations But I guess part of that too Is it's very clear uh, Perry has brought you in To be a a major piece uh, To what this front office is about And what you guys are doing I I would just kind of like to know a little bit About your background. I know that you came uh, from the St. Louis Cardinals uh, where you had a a lot of track record of of winning baseball, but I was just kind of wanting to know just uh, about your journey in baseball and how you got to this point here today.
1: Yeah, so for the last couple of years, you know, 2019, 2020, I worked with the Major League coaching staff, you know, with the Cardinals, did a lot of game planning, a lot of post game feedback, and you know, it was just a great, you know, learning opportunity to learn from, you know, so many great coaches, great people there. And really, you know, what they've done so well over the years, they've been able to sustain success. You know, prior to that, I did three years of pro scouting, you know, with the Brewers, which was, you know, a great experience into itself. It was just a different lens, you know, a way to watch the game. And it was very valuable to be able to see, you know, different organizations and how they operate at different levels, You know, you know, at their affiliates and really throughout player development. Um, you know, prior to that, I worked for the Rangers in Texas for a number a number of years, doing some different roles, a lot advanced scouting, video, did instant replay there. And, you know, the long kind of circle, the loop, my first job with the Rangers was working in the clubhouse. Um, Perry's dad had hired me, you know, to be a clubhouse assistant. So that was actually my first job while I was going to graduate school. Um, you know, it was just a great learning opportunity, just being down in the clubhouse, the day-to-day, You know the different personalities, the people in there, and you know I've just been very fortunate to have you know one meet so many great people, but also two to have so many different experiences that have been you know just very positive you know from you know a learning standpoint.
2: I know one of the things that was a part of your job in St. Louis, at least as it was explained to the media, was to take a lot of the the analytical information and take a lot of that data and make it easier for the coaching staff to understand. Um, I've heard Joe Madden talk about how important it is to have the balance of understanding the information at the same time, trusting instinct and feel and and finding the balance in that. For you philosophically on baseball, just just how would you see the game and and what are some ways that you feel like, you know, you've been able to kind of take some of that data and then make it to where, you know, a a coach or a manager would be able to understand that to make decisions in game.
1: Right. No, it's such a great question. And I think the reality is, is in today's game, there's more departments that touch the player than ever before. There's more information available to us than ever before. And I think one of the, you know, things that you hear Joe say so much is do simple better. And really, The idea behind all of it is being able to take all this different information and be able to synthesize it down into simple and actionable takeaways that provides clarity to the player and allows them the freedom to perform. You know, and that enhances their ability, but being able to communicate that in simple ways. And so, you know, they're allowed to go out and perform.
2: What would be, like, an example of, of something that like you don't have to, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be yeah. with with this team, but, like, what would be an example right. of, of, like, a, you know, a, something that might look really complex on paper but might be right. a simple thing?
1: No, it's a great question. So, for example, you know, with tracking data, there's so many different, you know, variables and data points, you know, whether it's, you know, release height, release side, you know, the spin axis, the spin rate, the spin efficiency, you know, all these different things that can tell us how, you know, a pitcher's you know stuff works what the movement profile is and then from there what you could say for example is for example if you look at a guy's like release height release side, and you can say you know what last outing this guy's slider wasn't as sharp he wasn't you know as effective you know getting on top of the fastball so that could tell you from there you could take that information his release height was lower well he needs to get on top and stay on top and stay downhill so for us, that's being able to take this information and communicate it in baseball ways that the player understands.
2: I, I tell you, that is something that you know you hear. You know, it, it, I, I always hate this, but like people talk old school, new school, all that. Right. I think there's so many times you're seeing the same thing, but you're speaking different languages, and I right. think that's that's where it seems like there can be a conflict. So to be able to to yeah. kind of balance that out, man, what a difference that can make on a team.
1: You know what, it's just such a great point that you bring up because it is, it's being able to understand the individual, but it's even more, it's understanding like what their learning style is. How do they best retain and apply information? You have visual learners, you have kinesthetic learners, you have, you know, people that learn more auditory. So it's being able to take that information and one, communicate it in a way that they understand, but it's also being able to communicate it in a way that they understand. That's going to give them the best opportunity to apply it that then allows them the best opportunity to maximize their potential.
2: As far as when you first arrived here at this Angels organization, um, I know that you were supposed to have a, a big role in the, in the minor leagues, but I, I don't know, were you? did you come here to be the farm director?
1: <laughs> well, I came here to contribute any way that I could, okay. uh, you know, with Perry and the organization to try to move us closer to our goals, so...
2: Okay, so, so that, that in a sense, then leads to, to this opportunity. So you take over right. uh, that. When you look at the minor leagues, I know for, for a long time, the Angels had a minor league system that was nowhere near where it should have been. We've seen in the last handful of years that getting better. What kind of areas do you feel like when you're just assessing you know, this farm system as a whole? What kind of areas did you guys feel like? Hey, we got to address this. There's a chance that this can be pretty good, and and you know what? Maybe this part is pretty good and, and isn't getting the love it should.
1: Right. No, I think it's a great question, and it you know it kind of speaks to what we did with the draft. I think you know as Perry's alluded to, it all starts with pitching. You know, and that's an area that we're just going to invest in heavily. You know, from an organization standpoint, and being able to pour resources you know, into that to be able to, you know, become the best, you know, pitching program, you know, and development system that we can be. Now, with that being said, like, you know, the most important thing for us is we have to be able to pour into the players, and that's all areas. That's going to be, you know, the mental group, it's the S&C group, it's the medical group, it's the nutrition. And it's really everybody working together in a collaborative nature that's going to allow us to put the players in the best position to be successful. So for us, it's really being able to collaborate you know, all together to be able to tie this in, you know, to a vision for each player that helps them maximize their development.
2: If you were to be able to just kind of say, all right, if we want this to all go according to plan and, and this is what we ought drawn up. And I know that there's always changes and, and different things can happen, but where do you see just the, the, the way that this organization is going to go in terms of how you guys develop players? Like, like what would the next maybe three years look like for what you guys are trying to accomplish?
1: yeah so i think it's something that perry talks about all the time and he says do the work and you know it's something that joe talks about too it's about the relentless execution of fundamentals so for us and everything that we do it's going to be about executing the little things and you know if we take care of the little things the big things will take care of themselves so in everything that we do whether it's individually and collectively you know it's about taking care of the details and really being able you know to execute the fundamentals of the game because if we take care of those, and some of the big things will take
2: care of themselves. It's interesting you say that because when when you know, I just I was at spring training in 2020 before everything got shut down. It had been a long time since I had seen you know, Joe Madden was, was bringing in bunting drills and doing different things on the right. field, hitting drills, you know, hitting all fields, um, kind of stuff that you're just you know, in the last handful of years, you just hadn't seen at the major league level. Right. So how and much it's such
1: a great point, yeah. like because like. For us, like pitching wise, it's about our guys, we want them to relentlessly attack and command the strike zone. You know, defensively, it's about taking care of the baseball. You know, hitting wise, it's about doing damage against pitches, you know, when you get them in the middle of the zone, but also having play discipline. You know, and from a base running standpoint, and this is another one of Joe's things, it's like we're going to respect 90 to apply pressure. You know, so for us, those are kind of our hallmarks of, you know, who we are and what we're going to be about.
2: It, it, it that's interesting. So basically what we hear Joe talking about at the major league level, what the angels are doing at the big leagues, and we see in major league spring training, that is really th- the same way the whole organization is going to get them ready for the bigs. Am I understanding you right?
1: Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And, you know, for us, player development, it's critical that we have alignment, you know, from the top down and, you know, from the major leagues through the minor leagues. So to your point earlier that the messaging is consistent, and, you know, so when our players get up, to the big leagues like they're prepared they're ready and what they are experienced at the big league level is consistent with what they've experienced in the minor leagues
2: how much fun is it when you get the chance to see these players and especially guys that are getting called up for the first time that you've had an impact and getting them to this point Uh just what's the fun in baseball for you when you get to see stuff like that happen
1: you know what like we've been fortunate this year we've had you know, a handful of guys from Jose Rojas to Andrew Wan, Packy Naughton, Reed Detmers, you know, Brandon Marsh, like Austin Warren. These guys have all made their major league debut. And it's really a testament, you know, to the player development staff and the group there and the hours that they poured into these players, not only as players, but as people and trying to help them, you know, become the best that they can be. So, you know, as fulfilling as it is you know, for all of us. It really just speaks to the group and, you know, the job that, you know, from our pitching coordinators, hitting the coaches, everybody that touched that player to be able to say, like, we got another player to the big leagues.
2: Joey, I tell you what, I've told our radio audience this time and again, I I look at the young group of pitchings, and I I just can't help but be excited. Am I crazy for being pumped up on these guys? Because I I think there's some real talent here.
1: I mean, as excited as you are, we're fired up about it too. So, I mean, it's been really great to be able – to get to work with these guys and we're going to continue to stay after
2: it hey joey i really appreciate the time today thank you so much i know you're not going to be a stranger because i'm going to be hitting you up all the time in the off season uh, to come on the show more but i i really do appreciate it thank you
1: no, nah, you got it. We look forward to it. Thanks so much.
2: Pretty cool getting Joey Provinsky on the air. We're going to try to do this moving forward to talk with more people uh, as far as the Angels front office is concerned, just so you guys have a better understanding and a more complete understanding of what's going on in this Angels front office. Um, it, it's good to hear from that group and appreciate the transparency, uh, absolutely, that J.M. Perry Manassian and his staff uh, have allowed for us to be able to have these conversations um, on the air. Uh, speaking of what's going on down in the Angels minor league system, I spoke with Chris King. He's the play-by-play voice of the High A Tri-City Dust Devils up there in Washington. And uh, he was on our Sunday minor league report. He had just seen Sam Bachman pitch the night before on Saturday when he pitched pretty well in that game. Got himself out of a pretty big spot, which Chris will explain uh, here. Also has seen Kai Bush throwing late. This are the top two picks for the Angels in this most recent draft. It's interesting, there are a lot of players that were just taken in this Angels draft that have gone to high A. That's a pretty aggressive move to send those guys to high A. Five players that were drafted are on high A. As I understand it, there's five other players that were undrafted that have already gone to high A. So uh, that's pretty interesting to hear all that. And and that's why I want to share with you the conversation I had with Chris uh, because, you know, hey, he's boots on the ground. He was there for the games and he can give us some greater detail about what he saw from the Angels top draft picks from this past year.
4: It's been really exciting, Trent. It's a pretty neat thing to have Sam Bachman make his professional debut uh, with the Dust Devils. And, you know, in assignment at high A, I know there was a lot of talk after he was drafted about what level he might start at, uh, whether he was going to be a starter or a reliever. And when we got word that he was going to come join the Dust Devils and be a starter with the team, uh, we were just over the moon, so excited to see him in action. So his pro debut uh, came one week ago today. It was in Eugene, and it looked good. He went two scoreless innings, uh, obviously, after having his you know spring season in college, pitched at Miami, Ohio, before being the ninth overall pick. Uh, you know, threw quite a bit this year, a decent amount. So uh, they're really going to, you know, keep him in check with that pitch count. But two scoreless innings in Eugene. Last night he made his second start. It was his first outing at home, and, you know, He gave up two runs in two innings, but there were parts of it that um, were maybe even more impressive than what he did in his first outing with two scoreless. So, you know, gave up a double, not much of a hit, but then two ground balls bringing a run in the first, and then he gets into a little trouble in the top of the second. A run comes in, and there's nobody out with runners on at second and third, and he ends up striking out the next three batters in a row. So to see Sam Bachman face a little adversity and to see what he could do with that, Uh, was awfully impressive and you know the fastball the velocity is kind of the first thing you talk about with him in his two outings he's been about 95 to 99 that's the range uh, that we have seen with Sam Bachman so far so he uh, he is advertised that's the word that every time I talk to anyone as part of the Dust Devils coaching staff that's kind of the phrase that's used he is as advertised he's burly that's kind of the word that comes to mind he's got a beard he's just He's, he's really thick from the waist up. His work ethic, a uh, big reason why he went from a guy out of high school who only had two offers when it came to, to where he could go for college at the Division One level uh, to being a first-round pick and being taken ninth overall. So uh, that would be kind of the, the phrase that I would use that I've been told is uh, everything has been as advertised for Sam Bachman so far.
2: Well, that's good to hear. And, you know, you talk about getting out of those kind of situations. That's something we see a lot at the major league level too, especially with all these young arms that are coming up. Not necessarily what the final line looks like is is how do they handle different situations. Sounds like Sam Bachman handled that one last night about as well as you could. Kai Bush, second-round pick for the Angels this year, is with you guys as well. I know he's made one appearance thus far. What did you like to see, or what did you like about uh, Kai Bush that first time you got the chance to see him?
4: Yeah, I would say with Kai Bush, you know, six foot six, two 240 pounds, uh, from the left side, and for Kai Bush... Uh, had a really star- strong spring at St. Mary's. Uh, he was at you know velocity-wise from the left side that 94 to 96 range. Uh, again, limited by his pitch count, so we didn't see him a ton when he made his pro debut on Thursday. But what we saw looked good. An inning in the third, uh, every out he recorded was a strikeout. Uh, only gave up two hits, and kind of the the impression I think is is that he's he's pretty polished right now. But the really exciting thing is. Is there's this feeling that there's this room to grow as well? That with Kai Bush, that uh, certainly that that potential is still there to be reached. He uh, he actually was not too far from the Tri Cities to start his college career. Started out at WSU, went to a junior college at Arizona State, and then ended up having that really good year at St. Mary's. But um, looks polished. That stuff in the ninety-five to ninety-six range. Uh, But you you see 94 to 96. You see it from the left side uh, with that frame as well. And you see it as polished as it is to this point. But it's so exciting to think about uh, what he can continue to improve and become as time goes on as well.
2: Yeah, What you're talking about, Chris, is kind of what we were talking about at the draft, and it sounds like uh, that's remaining true that you know, Sam Bachman's the guy that uh, could get accelerated through the system rather quickly, and then you look at Kai Bush and just think that just, there's this just tremendous potential uh, with what he's going to be able to do. I know the Angels are very high on both uh, of those early picks. You mentioned that there are uh, a lot of players that were just taking this past draft that were sent uh, to high A ball. Who are some of the other guys maybe either drafted or undrafted that are in high A right now uh, that you have seen that have particularly stood out to this point?
4: Yeah, it's been a fun and busy stretch. It's just kind of been this uh, stretch of uh, transformation for the team. The team went on a two-week road trip on July 25th. The team went on the road. The next home game was August 10th. There were 15 guys who joined up with the team on the road who were not with the team to start the road trip. And so many of these guys, like you touched on, are guys who are starting their pro career. So there were five guys who were position players, signed as non-drafted free agents sent to the Dust Devils. Uh, I would say of those guys, there's been a a couple of catchers that have done some nice things. two catchers amongst the group, uh, Griffin Mazer from Michigan and then Zach Humphries from TCU adding to the catching depth. Uh, Kenyon Yovan has done some impressive things. He was an All-American at Oregon, is both a pitcher and is a hitter as well, but later on in his career focusing more on on hitting. So he had a 443-foot home run that went over the center field fence, which is a pretty good poke at the Dust Devils' home ballpark, which is pretty pitcher-friendly. So he's had a couple of home runs so far. He's looked good. Uh, Of those five pitchers that have been assigned to the Dust Devils from the draft this year, Jake Smith would be another guy that comes to mind outside of Sam Bachman uh, and Kai Bush so far. Jake Smith out of Miami, probably a guy who would have been taken out of his junior college in 2020 if the draft wasn't just five rounds. But because of that, ended up one year at Miami, worked his way into their starting rotation. Uh, He has pitched four scoreless innings so far. He's been kind of piggybacking Sam Bachman at this point. Uh, And then we've seen a little bit from from Glenn Albanese out of Louisville. So he's had some uh, pretty good, darn good teammates there in college uh, during his time in school. Uh, we've only seen one outing from him. He's set to start today. And there's a lefty out of Kansas State in uh, Eric Torres. So those guys, uh, it's, it's kind of early on, but it's so exciting to see. and it's, it's just a fun time to catch the guys when this is their first taste of professional baseball and to see that their journey starts here and uh, uh, everyone hoping that it ends up with the Angels and making a big impact uh, in the not-too-distant future.
2: I know the Halo is certainly counting on that. He is Chris King, the play-by-play voice of the Tri-City Dust Devils here with us. Chris, appreciate all the insight, lots of good stuff, and it sounds like things are going in the right direction uh, there for you in high A ball with the, the influx of all this new talent in the organization. Chris, thanks so much. My pleasure. Thanks, Trent. There you go. That's from Chris King, who was there uh, for Sam Bachman starts. who was there to see Kai Bush pitch in person, and that's an update from what's going on uh, in high A. All right, that's going to just about do it for us here on the Angels Recap Podcast. want to thank Joey Provinsky for giving us all kinds of time uh, to spend that time with us so we can get him – Uh, on the podcast and share that uh, with you guys. Thanks to Chris King for for giving us that great look at what's happening there in Tri-Cities. Also, thanks to Joe Madden for taking a little time with us uh, to chat about some Little League baseball and the experience of going to Williamsport all pretty neat. Continue to check out some other Angels Recap podcasts. We've had some really fun conversations over the course of this baseball season. Feel free to check any of those out. Of course, uh, if you can't find them, maybe you're stuck on a webpage or whatnot, you can't get to our, our main spot. Well, just go to angels.com slash podcast for all the latest information there. Angels wrapping up a long trip before they come on back home on August the 27th. Until then, my name is Trent Rush. Have a great rest of your day. This has been the Angels Recap Podcast.
3: It's blazing hot
1: outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution.